0: You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank uh, I don't even want to ask you this question. How are you?
0: <laughs> um Well, I feel like we're kinda of back to where we thought we'd be before game one and game five felt like the game that we've been waiting to see over the the first what week and a half of the series and um you know for, for once we sort of saw a game where the raptors really took control offensively and the bucks just kind of didn't have the firepower to keep up which you know again this is a different team than the raptors we've seen for the last few years but this felt like the most Raptor-like performance, the most like the games we've seen over the past few years. Where um, again, the Bucks just have not had the ability to keep up with a Raptor team that can put up points uh, in a hurry. And obviously, this team now they can also defend in spurts and, and make your life difficult. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, the Raptors got the momentum in the series in the last game Game Four, and tonight they really I think cemented it and got themselves in a position to potentially close it out in Milwaukee on Thursday, but. We'll see. We'll see how the buck react.
1: Yeah. I, I think that that's accurate to say like, this is how this, is how I thought I was going to feel throughout most of this series that the, it would just feel kind of helpless and the bucks wouldn't be able to, to kind of score enough offensively. And they, they, be hemorrhaging points and corner threes and open looks and um you kind of thought like this would this would be the way that it would feel at times and there would be one game where things would just go right for the bucks and they'd be able to kind of battle back in it but that isn't what happened they they've won they've won two games and uh we are talking about a game six um but yeah the I, i will say this i thought surviving the first like four minutes meant that this game was going to be a game that I, I thought, okay, there was some sloppiness to start. The Bucks weren't playing great in, in the beginning of the game and you know what? Like they're they're going to figure this out and this is going to come down to the final moments. And then I think the Raptors went on seventeen to nothing run, something of that nature yep. Yep. um in the first quarter and it was over from that point, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, you know, the Bucks did have a nice stretch in the second quarter to kind of, you know, again, give themselves um, a fighting chance. I mean, they, they did close at 26 20 in the first quarter, so they, uh, I think, had, what, uh, a 9 0 run to answer yep. the 17 0 run. And then they did kind of show some life in the second quarter as well. But, um, you know, this was a game where it felt like for the first time the Raptors kind of used passing to actually pick the bucks apart a little bit um you know 28 assists 12 out of 27 threes it felt like uh, i don't have the numbers in front of me but it certainly felt like the kind of the you know opponents getting open corner threes type of game that we moaned uh you know in in january february a lot Yep. um and norman powell uh was obviously a huge part of that story um and and you know <laughs> The, the irony here is that the Raptors were actually worse percentage-wise and only had two more threes than the Bucks did from three. Um, 10 out of yeah. 22 for the Bucs, 12 out of 27 for the Raptors. So both games where the Raptors made a ton of threes, the Bucs actually were right there behind them and, and actually were pretty damn close in terms of, you know, they didn't lose the game from behind the arc. Um, but, you know, you look at the mid-range numbers, 18 to 4 edge for Toronto. Normally we talk about DeMar DeRozan, but... I don't know, did did every Toronto starter like get one of those kind of con somebody into like a foul from the mid range and they just chuck a ball up and it goes in? It felt like like everybody on Toronto made Damari Carroll made a shot. I was like say, that. It, you know, I know that Damari like,
1: Carroll made one of those, so yes, if Damari Carroll made one of those, yeah. every starter made one of those.
0: Yeah, and it just seemed like every time the Bucks got to, you know, nine or ten points, then, you know, norm powell hit a three that bounced off the front rim the top of the backboard the side of the rim and in you know i mean it, th- there were just too many of those plays that that the bucks could just never string together enough stops that the hole was dug in that first part uh, of the game and um you know unfortunately despite having you know i think a good effort and despite Giannis adekumbo uh, bouncing back in a major way not just from a bad game four but really a tough start i mean he missed Um, a number of kind of chippies early in the game was one out of six to start. Um, Serge Ibaka fouled him, which wasn't called (laughs) on a shot at the rim. I will maintain that. I will not claim that Serge Ibaka blocked him. Um, and, uh, but he, he kind of, you know, he just stayed in attack mode. He, he didn't settle for, I don't, I think he took about one jumper late in the game, maybe, but other than that, after that, after that slow start it was all just attacking the rim. He finishes 12 out of 19 for 30 points, nine boards, three assists, three steals, three blocks. Um, you know, Giannis, Giannis definitely bought it. And, and that was, I think, really encouraging to see. The Raptors really had, you know, other than those first few minutes where they were challenging him again to paint, um, they really had no answer for him. And um, Malcolm Brogdon bounced back nicely from a quiet couple of games with 19 points on 7-11 shooting, five out of seven threes. They were going under on some screens. They seemed to not... Be afraid of Brogdon spotting up, and it was good to see him bounce back. But other than that, I mean, not much to to hang your hat on if you're the Bucks. Um, Chris Middleton uh, struggling again with his shot. He did other stuff: six assists, five steals. Um, you know, there's no question Chris does more than just shoot, but uh, you know, in the playoffs, you really need him to be better than he has been, and unfortunately. Chris was not did not shoot the ball well against Chicago two years ago. He is not shooting the ball well in this series. Um, you know, I think when you look back at this series, you know, pull out look back and kind of wonder. You know, I don't know. We I think we were talking about maybe Chris Middleton being uh, well suited towards maybe playoff type basketball, but now I'm beginning to wonder if maybe he isn't because it just seems like he can't get any easy buckets going. He can't. He's not getting open shots, and then he, it just seems like chris unless he's getting doubled in the post and then making smart passes it just doesn't seem like he's he's not really punishing you with odds from from any spot on the court and um i I don't know it it just seems like he he just can't get on track and that's obviously a a major negative you know you're going up against a team that we saw tonight the raptors had no problem 128 offensive rating tonight um ibaka was really good after a tough game four Powell was great. Um, DeRozan was was you know decent. Lowry was was actually only decent, um, but Lowry really cut them up with I think his driving more so than his shooting tonight. Had ten assists, and um, you know I think the Bucks really struggled to contain him, and obviously they moved the ball in a way we hadn't really seen so far the series.
1: Yeah, I thought that was the big thing that it was the ball was really moving for the Raptors, and they just didn't seem to uh, they didn't seem to get into those. I'm going to do this all myself. I'm going to create off the dribble. I'm going to take this pick and roll all the way uh, into the lane all by myself and not make a good pass or uh, get flustered. And it seemed like in all the other games of this series, there were moments where they did that, but then all of a sudden two minutes later it would be Lowry throwing an insane pass out of bounds or DeRozan making a a silly decision or something like that where – you would see those moments where they would just kind of let the Bucks back in, and I, I think there was some of those moments in the second half, or excuse me, in the first half, um, and especially in the second quarter when they made that run where, okay, the the Raptors are going to throw it around a little bit and give a, the Bucks a chance and let them get into this with some steals, and then those kind of just went away in the third quarter, and they played confidently, and they played decisively, and I think that's kind of been the big thing for the Raptors uh, as this series has progressed is being more decisive when they're getting in those spots, and we've, we've so often talked about being the guy that's a pass away on the pick and roll um, or being the guy in the pick and roll that you have to be decisive in that moment. And I thought the Raptors did a really nice job uh, being decisive in that moment. And when the bucks gave them chances, they actually took them and took advantage of them. And the one I was just thinking of when Tony Snell is pressuring DeRozan out at the opposite free throw line and he gets by, uh Snell, sometimes in this series, Drozen's been just fine with, you know, kind of bringing it up across half court and then passing it over the wing or just slowly, like, backing it out and resetting it up for the pick and roll. And there he was like, okay, I have Tony Snell on my back and I have Greg Monroe trying to cover me in space. Like, uh, this is uh, – I should just blow by him for a dunk, and that's exactly what he did. And, and I thought a lot of times tonight uh, the Raptors were able to pull up that – pick and roll even higher and kind of put um Monroe in no man's land in some in some areas and uh the same thing for Thon they got Thon in some kind of weird spots where he wasn't quite ready to help and hedge hard and he wasn't quite ready to be in in the hole so to speak where he could kind of try to corral and then get a block at the rim he he wasn't in that spot either so I thought they did a nice job taking advantage of the Bucks bigs and yeah offensively uh I think for me, for Middleton, three for eight like isn't isn't terrible, but you need more volume. Like, like the the biggest thing I thought you saw tonight with this Bucks team was they just don't have shot creators. And when it comes to playoffs and defense starts to get hard, like you need guys that create sh- that could create shots. And I know uh, Prateek and I were talking about it on the sidecast tonight, but like. Wh- these last couple games, when the offense is in a rut, you know, who'd be awfully nice uh, to help out rather than Michael Beasley or Musa Toledovich off the bench? It's your other guy that would be at the four uh, in Jabari Parker, a, a guy that can just kind of create off the dribble. And sometimes maybe it's not the prettiest, but he's able to get shots up and he's not shy about getting shots up. And uh, he's a guy that can kind of help you out there. And, um, Middleton just isn't really that guy. He's a guy that I, mean, I think tends to play within himself and not really force and uh, try to like. you wait said, a minute, Wait
0: a minute! Wait a minute! You don't think you don't think Middleton forces shots? I, I think he. I think he has forced a lot of shots though, right? I mean, I don't know. He doesn't miss that many open shots this this series, has he? I don't I feel think like he, he's taking a lot of.
1: I guess. I guess. It, for me, I'm not the type that like says him posting up, turning into a fadeaway jumper is a four shot or like a step back in those situations. I don't think that's a four shot, but yes, that would be a four shot.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's, and I think it's probably maybe aesthetically. It just, the, the fact that when he, the, the fact that he doesn't, he's often not patient. I think like when he's not playing well, he doesn't, you know, wait to get an easy bucket. And maybe part of it's because he just has a hard time getting easy buckets because he's yeah. not, he can't blow by anybody. Um, and, I was watching the game with a, a friend of mine who who went to texas a and m and um he was kind of joking how it didn't matter like <laughs> it didn't didn't matter when chris was at texas a and m um didn't matter who who they were playing that you know they could have been playing some some crap team and you know chris wasn't going to blow by anybody even in in college right yeah. so um it, and it for that reason it's kind of funny it's kind of funny how like the whole like myth of oh Middleton was going to be a lottery pick or a first round pick until he got hurt his knee. I, I certainly I, I can't imagine him being a lottery just sort of like his his style and, and you know what you think of when you when you you know dream of a high upside guy in, in the draft that that really isn't sort of what you think of when you know you even think back to what Middleton was um, coming out of college but uh, obviously it's worked really well but it, you know in in general but certainly in this series um, I, I think he's I think he's struggled I mean we talk about you know teams trying to be physical with with Giannis I think chris has often struggled to really try to exert his his will um you know in the post and um obviously you know that that's the one area of the court where people can put their hands all over you and um and they can push you around and stuff it's not going to get called and um i think you know raptors have really used that to their advantage against chris all all series
1: and i feel like he gets frustrated when he doesn't get calls and when he doesn't get calls those turn into like just throw up shots if you want to like i don't know what else to call him but yeah it'll just be like Oh, I'm getting fouled, so I'm going to throw it up and like a guy like DeRozan, he gets that call like cuz he garners a certain amount of respect, but like no, sorry, like you're Chris Middleton. Um sorry, like you you don't you don't get that call. And then once he doesn't get that call one time, then the next time he comes down to try to prove a point and does the exact same thing and doesn't get a call again and it, it just kind of builds uh from there. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess he does force shots, but uh, I don't, the thing like he doesn't force a volume of shots. If that makes sense, like he, there are four shots in his repertoire, but I, I never feel like there's just a game where like Chris just like keeps chucking and chucking and chucking because he, he just doesn't really right. sh- shoot enough for that. Maybe right. and, If that makes any sense. Yeah.
0: And and he's and he and he'll pass obviously. You know, he's he's not. I don't think he's a selfish guy, even though he does. Yeah. You know, again, he, he does board the tough shot express, um, maybe more so than I'd like, um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's just tough because I mean he's your second best offensive player, and um, you know in, in a series like this where we're seeing a team in Toronto that has not consistently scored, but we've seen now you know a couple games where they have been able to put up points, and um, you know in game two Chris bounced back nicely and, and shot the ball very played well, um, but clearly in in this game. Um, you know, it was just a struggle for him. And um, you're right, he, he's not going to shoot much. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. And obviously the Bucks couldn't find consistent offense from really anybody but Janssen but and, and Brogdon. And, um, yeah. you know, Greg Monroe scored some points, uh, had some extracurricular, uh, you know, enforcer Monroe reared at the test. He to get out of the way so he could go after Valentunas. That was fun. Um, But overall, obviously, uh, yeah, I mean, percent from the field, 46% from three, 59% true shooting. That seems really good. Um, But only 101 offensive rating, which is well below average. You say, okay, well, how does does that add up? And, you know, part, part of it is certainly going 50. 15 out of 26 on the free throw line, 58%. That hurt. Um, certainly not a, a good ball possession game from, from the Bucks. And then on top of that, only two offensive rebounds out of, of you know 34 misses from the field and 11 misses from the free throw line. So they, they just didn't get any second chances, even though you know on the opposite side, they once again uh, held the, the Raptors and kept them largely off the offensive glass as well uh a 19 percent offensive rebound rate for toronto which again from the bucks perspective you'd always be happy with that number so um so yeah interesting to sort of see how the accounting works out because if you just look at shooting percentages for the bucks you'd think they did pretty well but you look at some of the other stuff they, they actually were not efficient offensively and Um, And then you look at the other side, 58% shooting for Toronto overall, uh, 92% from the line, 12 out of 27 threes. uh, No secret how they were able to score so effectively.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I was going to say, Brogdon, I think his final line looks good, but I was trying to think, like, he had, what, two corner threes in the first three or so minutes, and then did his three other threes come in the final... mm, 8 minutes of actual time like like I, I his line doesn't look bad but I at no part did I think like oh Brogdon's really in the flow like he's he's really a part of this game like for me it, it was pretty much okay Giannis is here and where's everyone else and uh, I don't know it, it it just I think it's really tough to try to find success to try to Find a win in a playoff series when you have just one guy uh, that's creating. And and to Giannis's credit, he, I would say he forced the issue without forcing it. If that makes sense, that he was always aggressive and he was always attacking the basket. But when he got to the lane, he was patient. Like he used that beautiful step move. He was able to kind of make sure his his motion was going towards the basket and he was where he needed to be and he was kind of attacking under control with patience and strength and and that is when he is at his best and, and uh, I thought he looked really good tonight and obviously I think you have to be pretty happy about that um but beyond that I, I don't know if there's a whole lot there
0: yeah and and for me I mean that was you know I wasn't expecting a win tonight so kind of big picture Watching Giannis and, and hoping that he would bounce back was a big sort of theme for me, and I got nervous watching him early because you know it just seemed like he was missed a couple layups, surged again, fouled him, no call uh, at the rim. So it just seemed like things were not going his way, um, but he stuck to it, and and obviously he you know helped give the Bucks a, at least a chance with. The steadiness of his scoring and he got out and, and really um, was able to score in transition really I think that was the, the most really obviously since game one where he got out and was able to get some easy buckets um, so that was encouraging to see and um, you know I thought he did well also we talked about mismatches and how the Bucs needed to make better use of mismatches in this game after game four and you know Giannis is a mismatch against pretty much anybody that they're going to put him against and I thought they did a nice job of, of getting him um, isolated, uh, close to the basket against uh, against smaller players. So, anyway, we can end on on that one positive. Giannis is always our silver lining. Um, yep. Um, but we'll have a lot more to talk about about game game six uh, tomorrow, and I guess the day after two
1: I'd agree. I was definitely worried if if Giannis would be able to, to come out and to bounce back and to kind of find a way to get going again, and I really did. I thought he was great tonight. Uh, I thought he did a nice job uh, creating contact. I thought he did a nice job playing through contact, uh, and, and I thought he, he did a nice job passing out when it called for it, but still not overpassing or, or still not just bowling over just bowling over defenders like he, he didn't do any of those things so um, I thought he did a nice job in, in that respect and I thought he had a good game and he bounced back with which means I think good things for the bucks and uh, like you said both of us kind of have some work commitments tonight yet and things to finish up. So we'll cut it short here, but I guess it's good for us and it's also good for the Bucks. They have until Thursday for this game. So that means for us, we'll get two more days to podcast and really dig into this game and then dig into game six. Uh, and for the Bucks, they'll have two days to prepare and get ready for that. The game that could ultimately be their final game of the season. So um, we'll dig into that in the next in the next two days and we'll get you ready for game six of bucks raptors here in milwaukee um but yeah that's going to be it for us for tonight for frank madden i'm eric name and this has been locked on bucks